well, I went on a walk this morning, like in nature, for oh. two hours, and it pretty much wrecked me. <laughs> nature it was a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I had my hair in a hat, you know, so mm-hmm. sun protection. Yeah. And also, I I put on a little bit of makeup mm-hmm. to go out into nature for some reason. Okay. Um, we're looking then, to impress Mother Nature. Looking to impress, mm-hmm. just in case she's coming for me, I guess. Um, and then after I showered, like once I put makeup on, if I shower and take it off, there's yeah. not a second makeup event in the day. So it's, you know, that is... There's just no way. It's very rare for me as yeah. well. Because like, then I start, it's not the reapplication of the makeup. I quite enjoy that part. Mm-hmm. It's It's knowing that later I'll have to take it off. Again. Again. Yeah. And that is is just so much It is a process. It's a process. I you know, it's funny, I was just telling my husband the other day that that's such an annoying part of of my personal I of guess, being a person who wears makeup. Yes. Um is that I have my to wash my face everywhere. twice. And then, um, of course, you know, I floss and I brush my teeth and then, you know, and then I have to apply all of the creams on my face and, and then many, many creams. And some of them have to sit there for a minute or two before you can apply the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so anyway, it is a process getting ready for bed. And I made a conscious choice to. I guess, like, present myself in the best possible light to nature um, oh. that no one is ever going to see or know about mm-hmm. instead of um, to our podcast today, which okay. I will publish a video of right. on the internet that will live forever. Um, so those are my priorities, and ah. I, I can't explain why. Welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring, a podcast about breast cancer with Jocelyn and Lauren. Whether you have breast cancer or any other kind of cancer, or you're just a weirdo who's super (laughs) cancer curious, welcome. We hope you enjoy. Because breast cancer is boring, but we, and you, Mm -hmm. are interesting. I love it. Welcome to us. It's just us today. Uh, We begin with announcements. It's still a pandemic. Um, So still, get vaxxed. Wear a max if you're axed and try to relax. It's also flu season. So yeah. don't forget, ladies and gentlemen and yeah. people of the internet. Uh, you can still get the flu and die, not just COVID. So what? I know. Um, so add I got the my flu. flu vaccine. You did me too. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, look at this. I don't know if you can see it, but. Whoa. Ooh. It's a. Bruise from my flu vaccine. Yeah. Somebody like kick your ass while they did it. I guess so. <laughs> I guess I got in a street fight and mm-hmm. in the midst of it, I got my flu vaccine. Yeah. Um, that sounds about right in a hospital. Yeah. Oh, I did get it at work. So that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Get your flu vaccine. Insider tip. If you go to Target, Mm-hmm. At least this is how it happened in years past. And I okay. still think they're doing this. If you go to Target and get your flu vaccine, mm-hmm. they will give you a $5 coupon to shop at Target. Well, crap. Can I get my flu vaccine twice? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, be oh. like, as soon as I got it, I was like, well, that was foolish. 
Anyway, I just wanted to get it over with. So yeah, I, I don't like shots. I don't like shots. Really? I really don't. They bother me. Hmm. Yeah. I And I have to, like, talk myself through them. I used to faint. I don't faint anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember you told yeah. me you're a fainter. <laughs> I was. Well, I didn't know. I had no recollection of getting a shot. So the first time I oh. got a shot, you know, because we didn't, like, go to the doctor. So the first right. time I got a shot, I was, like, 16. And I was just like, well, this will be no big deal. They gave me, like, four at once. Oh. And I was like, I've been punched multiple times. I don't think this is going to hurt me. Right. And I just went down. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. I was standing. Yeah. <gasps> oh. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I'm a champion fainter. Um, did you buckle at the knees and then go down or did you just, I, you're not sure. I have no idea. Okay. I just, I just know that I was awake and, and then, then not. <laughs> it's like a curtain closed and I was floating, floating, That's floating, the end of the like show, feeling guys. of floating. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, pain. Like, ow, 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 ow. And then you wake up and you're on the floor. <laughs> so I don't remember falling. <laughs> Wasn't really a, an issue for me. Um, nice. But I guess it was for everybody who worked there because they were pretty freaked out. They made me hang out for like 20 minutes. Anyway. That's funny. It was good times. Uh, last announcement. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Breast Cancer is Boring um, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Only if it's a five star, by the way. But only if it's a five star. You guys. Yeah. Guys. Okay. Okay. I'll make an exception to this. If you are going to leave a four star review, you have to leave a comment. <laughs> Come on. Explain yourself. Give me some feed. Give us some feedback. Yeah. We want to How can hear. we help us help you? Mm-hmm. Also, again, this is all I have to offer. I'm sorry. Whatever you're not getting, it's more than likely you're going to continue to not get it. Oh. However, however, mm -hmm. um, if I can find it, <gasps> I've been so bad about reading reviews that people do leave us. It's no wonder they have to beg people to leave us reviews. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to leave this one. I'm going to read this. The most yes. recent review that we got okay. um, from September. And uh, they even left their name at the end. But um, it's a five-star review, obviously. <laughs> um, so she said, in subject line, it's everything. Uh, my only complaint is there aren't episodes every single day. Oh, my God. See, again, I can't help you. Um, <laughs> you two have been more helpful to me over the last year than I can attempt to convey in a single review. Please don't stop podcasting. I'm still pushing through the throes of treatment and don't want to do it without the relief and understanding I received from listening to you. Thank you for being there for me. And I'm certain countless more women who appreciate your hard work and dedication to sharing your experiences with so many. And personally, the fact that we're close in age, liberal leaning, you got that right girl, COVID frustrated, passionate, and a mom like Lauren. Oh, Lauren. While we navigate this new way of living, I also despise the term journey. Yeah. It makes me feel like I have friends out there who truly get me. Thank you isn't enough to express my gratitude by genuinely meaning it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Natalie. From Maryland. We love you, Natalie. Natalie. You gorgeous, gorgeous person. <laughs> Thank you. You're awesome. And yeah, don't do it alone. We're here. Yeah. 
Shit's getting complicated for both of us, but we're here. Yes. And we're going to be here. Absolutely. And on that note, let's update our updates from last episode. Let's um, update our updates. Lauren, are you dying? I am not. Hey. <laughs> I'm so excited. No, I'm not dying. Then, uh, follow-up question. What the hell, man? Yeah, I know. I know. So, from what I've understood, and this is sort of some information that I received, um, one, chemotherapy wreaks havoc on your body. Two, having really? a hysterectomy... Um, can definitely have long-term complications or cause um, different things to happen to your body in the future. So mm. my doc did say that every once in a while when a hysterectomy is completed, there could even be like a slight abrasion or something on the, um, on the bladder and it can remain fine for a while or go unnoticed. And then oh if God. that tissue becomes irritated in any way, also the lack of estrogen in my body is also wreaking havoc on all of my parts, um, which I can also sadly say that I have been denied any sort of relief for that. Um, no estrogen. No vaginal no. estrogen, nothing. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the bleeding mm-hmm. is from possibly yeah. a, a bladder abrasion that mm-hmm. has been uh, uh, irritated due to a lack of estrogen mm-hmm. in your body. Right. So we're, they want to do a cystoscope? Oh, shit, what? No. Yeah, they just he wants to go in there with a little camera and take a good looky look and just take a look around. Yeah, he's like, it's only like 20 seconds, and then, like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm sure you you think it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, I love the casual way in which, um, predominantly male physicians, uh, recommend invasive procedures to women, right? I got, I saw my you oncologist last Friday mm-hmm. and um, he's great. He'll be fine. Whatever. But in that just strictly cishet male way, mm-hmm. he recommended that I get an IUD. What? For birth control rather than relying on condoms. Um, because obviously I can't take any hormone birth control. He recommended the copper one. And he just kind of did it casually after I had mentioned that my husband and I were talking about him potentially getting a vasectomy. Yeah. And like the next words out of my doctor's mouth were, have you considered, an, you know, an IUD? And I'm just like, why is it seemingly, and maybe I'm reading into this, but mm-hmm. seemingly preferable that I have a piece of copper shoved into my cervix and remain there for five to seven years rather than my husband getting a local injection, yeah, a little snip, snip, and home with an ice pack, right, and some oxy maybe. That's crazy. Why? Yeah. Why do I have to take this on okay. after I have had so many procedures? <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. And like, 
I know I'm saying it in a way like, oh, they're going to shove a piece of copper up your cervix. But like, it, that's very safe and has been safe for a very long time. And it sounds barbaric and it's not. It's a, <coughs> it's a really great option actually for birth control. But I'm just... Sure. Timing, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timing. No, totally understand. You know, it's funny. When I had my CT scan, the scan technician, super nice lady. And I know... I know she she didn't intend on being inappropriate, but she said mm. she goes, Okay, so we're definitely gonna be looking at, you know, for for um chemotura and then we're also going to look to see if anything has metastasized. And I was like, Oh what? Why do you even Just say the word metastasized? That's mentioning. not a that is not a wow. casual word. Interesting. Okay. And I and not a wise decision that you don't just say made. that. Yeah. Like I don't know if you've ever had cancer, but when you <laughs> when you scan you a don't like to hear former those. cancer patient, yeah. you don't say you don't say the word. No, you just say you just like okay, we're just gonna give everything a good look. Just gonna take a little tour here. Yeah. And and see what we can see. Yeah. Oh. So my question for you. Uh huh. Is Jocelyn still terrible at her job? What? How could you say yeah. that? Why mm. would you even say that? Yeah. Well. Um. Yes. No. <laughs> is the answer. No, you're Absolutely. not. No, I'm not great. I'm. I'm not great. This is. Uh. This is week three. I don't know where anything is. Here's. Here's still? like. Well, you still. can't get into this. I mean, okay, I did still? find. I did find a few things, and okay. I have successfully started a few more IVs, which, of course, is the very task-oriented mindset of either a new nurse or an experienced nurse who is new in an environment, which yeah. is me. And okay, I don't know. I'm in that phase where I feel like most nurses go through when there's, like, kind of high anxiety and, and like, performance anxiety, basically, in your job where you... I'm now, I know the questions to ask the patient. My problem is I'm not fully listening to the answer because I'm so focused on what the appropriate question to ask is. To oh, get okay. The information, they'll give me an answer and I don't, I hear it, but I don't fully remember it. It's, it's this weird thing where it's like, ah, I asked the right question. But it's like, no, you have to listen to the answer. Like, they come in and they're like, I've, you know, oh, I have a headache and I feel dizzy. And I'll be like, well, how long has that been going on? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's the right question to ask. But yeah. I don't listen for the answer. <laughs> oh. Or they'll say like three to four days or like two weeks. And I'll just be like, I'll make a definitive judgment about it. Two to three days, I'm concerned. Two to three weeks. But like, I don't know how to explain it. But I just need to, I need to get better at my job. That's all. And I will. Through time and feedback, which I get. <laughs> All right. So, Lauren, Let's you're not go. dying, but it's not great. Uh, and you are I'm fabulous. not killing people, hey. but I'm not great either. So, great. Mm -hmm. um, today, we're talking Pinktober. Pinktober returns. Ah, oh my screaming sound. Screaming. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Stabby noises. What is this stabby noises? What? No, I don't. Nope. Oh. That's a 
stabby noise. Okay. Um, I don't know why. I, do people make that noise when they stab? I should I ask don't. some of my patients. Um, <laughs> because they got stabbed, not because yeah. they're stabbers. Gotcha. Well, actually, uh-huh. I don't know that. Okay. Um, and it wouldn't matter anyway. Everyone needs care. So... Pinktober returns. Yes, still it talking does. about Pinktober, and we will continue to talk about Pinktober yep. for as long as Pinktober is a thing. Because problematic, in one word, problematic. Yeah. Um. Why do we hate it so? Let us count the ways. Uh, and I've listed the ways. Um. First, firstly, mm-hmm. uh, it's largely a marketing ploy. Yeah. Disingenuous is a word. Right. That I feel like attributing to Pinktober, much in the way that in June suddenly every company is is flying a rainbow flag, even though oh, they yeah. um, donate to politicians who uh, pass anti-gay, anti-LGBTQ legislation. So that's not cool. Anyway, mm-hmm. same, same thing, same different these. day, same same thing, different month. Um, the pink ribbon symbol. So many people don't. No, the pink ribbon symbol is not trademarked. So, like, that's why we can use it on our podcast thumbnail. But also, companies can put it on any product they want. Right. And there is no obligation to donate to breast cancer organizations, right. charities in any way. Unfortunately. You can slap a pink ribbon on anything and sell it. Right. You do not have to do a thing. Boo. Um, Companies that do donate, it's not like 100% of the proceeds go towards a breast cancer charity. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between 100 and 10%, yeah. uh, from 100 to 10% right. of the proceeds will go to a breast cancer charity. And additionally, some companies will put a cap on this. So they'll say, we're going to donate 50% oh. of the proceeds up, up to... to Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then after that, they can sell a shit ton of these, you know, breast cancer mugs or whatever they're selling. Right. And and make full profit. And make full profit. So, um, and additionally, where these companies choose to donate, what portion they actually donate, Mm -hmm. um, can be problematic because not all breast cancer charities are created equal. Right. And here's where we're going to introduce the concept of Susan Chicoman, and we will go into that a little bit later. And it's going to feel like a slam. This is going to feel like like we're targeting Susan G. This and is unfortunately, just an example. It's just an example, and they've made themselves a really poor example. And so, yeah, we're going to get into it. And I invite anyone from Susan G to come on the show and discuss these things with us because I'd be very interested in that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Come on down. Mm-hmm. Email me. DM. Slide into my DMs. Um. Anyway, Susan G. Komen, who, according to their most recent financial report, which is available on their website, they spend 5% of their revenue on breast cancer research. 5%. Right. They spend 3% on screening and 5% on treatment. The rest of their money... Mm-hmm goes to CFO paying, paying their administrators <laughs> booze. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're a bunch of drunks. No, I'm just kidding. Goes to administration and what is um, categorized as education. Right. Which if you read the fine print, the asterisks next to that percentage point, which I think is somewhere around like 50, 54%. Um, education encompasses a lot. 
And a lot of it could be interpreted loosely as just additional promotional materials. Right, promotional. To make Susan G. Komen more marketable as a charity. Right. To get more money to then make themselves more marketable as a charity. Right. So let's, like, put this into everyday terms. Let's say you buy a pair of jeggings with a pink ribbon on each ass cheek. And the company... <laughs> why are we wearing these? Because why wouldn't you? Oh why right. wouldn't you? We all have a you pair. You know, it's everyone's making questionable decisions right now. Why <laughs> not you? So you buy these jeggings. The company is donating 10% of that sale to a charity. The charity they donate to spends only 5% on research. You know, the thing that's going to actually find us a cure. Um how much of your money then is actually going to breast cancer research? Right. That is, uh, by the way, like a serious question. How much? Because I don't. I'm not going to do the math. Okay. So I'm. I'm genuinely asking. Yeah. Um. So that's the first problem. Secondly, much of the marketing for Pinktober appears to be centered on white women in their early 40s, whose entire personality is that they wear a bold lip. <sighs> um. A. It is what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Prove me wrong. Even though black women under age 35 have two times the rate of breast cancer diagnoses than their white counterparts and mm-hmm. die from breast cancer at three times the oh rate, my. the marketing is predominantly white. So those statistics um, of mortality and diagnosis are according to um, a 2006 Journal of the American Medical Association research article. So 2006 is quite some time ago. So I tried to find something more current, and I found a 2019 research Uh article that demonstrated a 42% higher rate of mortality from breast cancer among black women compared to their white counterparts. So I do have to say, you know, that I get a lot of marketing via email from Susan G. And I do have to say mm. that I have noticed that their their um, marketing and advertisement has definitely changed as far as um, women of color are, are appearing more often. And I think that that's not just, I think that that's sort of, the climate that we're moving into with marketing and, and, yeah. um, Jocelyn, even you mentioned something about that, like overhearing someone like talk about, yes, you know, oh. marketing to, yes, remember? When I was like live texting that guy's conversation, yes. what was that? It was in a waiting you, room? Yes, and the, at the cancer center. At the cancer center, this yes. guy was on the phone. Yes, I was waiting for my injection. Yes. And my cancer center, this guy was Marketable. on, clearly, he was on a marketing call. And the funniest thing, it must have been his first chemo, because he had a port, and it was accessed. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, it was almost like he just, I, I made up a story about him in my head. And the story <laughs> I made up about this man, because he was on a conference call uh, via his, like, AirPods in yeah. the middle of the waiting room. Nice. Um, about shoes. So he's part of a company. This is what I pieced together mm-hmm. um, that sells shoes. And what I made up about him was that this was like his first chemo and he's like in denial. So he's like, I can still make meetings. I can still do my whole life. You know, this is just going to be an incon- minor inconvenience. Right. Because um, that was me. Anyway, 
what I didn't make up was this conversation that he was having. Right. And he was talking about um, screen tests they had had for different actors because they were putting together um, printed promotional materials, uh, digital promotional materials, and what sounded like a commercial. Mm -hmm. And he was talking around, all the way around, doing all of these, like, verbal gymnastics around the fact that he wanted to hire the white blonde girl right. to do the commercial and less the women of color. Right. And his reasoning was that he didn't want it to seem jarring to have women of color up front. Oh, Okay. And that, that would be jarring for their customer base. They needed something familiar. Um. Which, and again, I'm paraphrasing. He was sure. just doing such intricate wordplay that, like, I can't even replicate it from yeah. my memory. Yeah. No, I remember <laughs> that you. That was essentially like it. It was an outdoor company. I know that. Mm -hmm. I don't know who it was. Um, but. It's a thing in marketing. Yeah. And I would like to think that Susan G. Komen is trying to be inclusive. Yeah. But as we go on and I show some receipts from Susan G. Spending, <laughs> right. um, I think it's going to dismantle a lot of that assumption. Hmm. Um, so, hmm. thirdly, much of the marketing for Pinktober appears to be centered on stage one and two breast cancers. Yes. I have a so, problem with this. Yes. The nearly twice as high mortality rate for black women, that's not stage one and two breast cancers. Nope. That is stage three and four. Yep. So women are not dying from stage one, one and two, two breast cancer. Nope. They're not. They're dying from metastatic mm. breast cancer. And metastatic breast cancer receives approximately 5% of all breast cancer funding, all of it, all money raised from those jeggings, from that tumbler, from that lanyard with the pink ribbons on it, all of that, roughly 5%. Yes. Goes to metastatic breast cancer. I have a problem the, with that. Yeah, I have a problem with that, and it's also something that I don't think occurred to me at the onset. Me either. And I'm not saying that cancer isn't hard <laughs> for those of us who get to survive. Right. Obviously, it's fucking hard. So it's not to downplay what stage one and two go through. No, no, it's still it's still bad. But, but you're you're right. Like you mentioned earlier when we were talking after recording with Emily Tiana, she has stage four. She has metastatic breast cancer. She knows she's going to die from that, and she lives with that reality every day. I really don't think I can compare what I'm going through <laughs> mentally, physically, as hard as it is with the reality of that. Nope. That's not fair. And, and then to be faced with the fact that y you're only getting 5% of the funding. Yeah, and even though you're the one who's going to be dying. Right. Most people don't even know what metastatic breast cancer is. Most people don't. Okay, mm -hmm. so very simply, in case you don't, and mm -hmm. there's no shame in that. Nope. So 
primary breast cancer occurs in the breast. Mm-hmm. You take out the breast tissue, and you're like, all right, good to go. The thing about that is, though, that cancer, breast cancer, cells. Right. And those are distinguishable from other cancer cells. Breast mm-hmm. cancer cells can show up then, subsequently, in any area of your body. Right. The liver. Yep. The kidneys, the bowel, mm-hmm. the spine, mm-hmm. pancreas, anywhere. And a lot of stage four cancer is like a second diagnosis for women. Right. However, you can be, you can have a primary diagnosis, like your original diagnosis of stage four. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of misinformation out there about stage four and a lot of chatter and some judgment around lifestyle choices, and um, there's a lot of bullshit, essentially. Yeah. So educate yourself, and yeah. we're going to talk about resources to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what's scary, right? Mm-hmm. Like, going through cancer once is scary, but Absolutely. the part that my brain spends a lot of time on is next time. Yeah. Like I'm planning for next time. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Just when is that next time? Yeah. Yeah. That's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it sucks because just to review again, let's go back to the jeggings. You buy a pair of pink ribbon ass jeggings, <laughs> and that results in 10% of that money going to a breast cancer charity like Susan G., who is then going to sp- spend 5% of that money on research for breast cancer, and then 5% of that 5% will be spent on research for metastatic breast cancer. So how much of your money is actually going toward an intervention that is going to save someone's life? And again. That's not a rhetorical question. I'm genuinely asking. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that math. You do it. It's not a lot, though. It's not a lot. A quick BSA, breast service announcement. Getting political. Some people don't like when we do this. And I can understand why. Politics is often messy. It can lead to arguments among friends and family. And much of the time, politicians themselves are not people we can either admire or really identify with. So it's easy to just ignore it, despite the fact that politics exists in nearly every facet of our lives, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Yes, even with breast cancer. Charities are great, but according to the National Breast Cancer Coalition, the vast majority of funding for breast cancer comes from the federal government. This includes research, drug approval, insurance regulations, funding for pharmaceutical research, and more. Learning about which candidates and, more broadly, which political parties' agendas include doing a damn thing to protect access to affordable health care is not just important. For many, it's literally a matter of life or death. The point is, for millions of people, getting political isn't a choice. It affects their daily lives. So get involved. Educate yourself. If you're starting from scratch, that's fine. Just start with something you know is important to you, like access to healthcare for people with breast cancer. 
For this, the National Breast Cancer Coalition's website is a great place to start. If you don't feel the need to participate in the political process, it's probably worth assessing what level of privilege allows you to be so disinterested. And just to be clear, the existence or extent to which a person is privileged is likely not something that they chose. But knowingly doing nothing with that privilege, that's a choice. And now, back to the show. So, lastly, we arrive at our destination, mm-hmm. which is that, and we've been dancing around this, but my main beef with Pinktober is very specifically Susan G. Komen. And I will tell you why. Susan G. Komen, you disappoint me. In 2010, Komen opened lawsuits against dozens of other nonprofit organizations using For the Cure or um, For a Cure in their name and in their slogan, including one organization that simply wanted to use the color pink mm-hmm. in their Kites for the Cure fundraiser <laughs> for lung cancer. Oh. So Susan G. sued these <laughs> other cancer <laughs> charities that just seems really wrong yeah yeah you disappoint me in 2012 it was revealed that they paid their ceo nancy brinker an annual salary of over six hundred and eighty-four thousand dollars a year a salary that was described at the time by charity navigator as extremely high their current President and CEO Paula Schneider makes a reported five hundred and fifty-two thousand a year. I'm in the wrong business. Look, I'm all for paying, especially women, totally adequate amounts of money. I'm all for women CEOs and presidents of company, but that is an exorbitant, exorbitant amount. Right. Well, especially yeah, if you're talking. Me breast cancer um and cancer in general just I mean that's just like fine I'm a nurse right mm-hmm. I don't do that shit for free right if they stop paying me I would stop showing up to work right and end of discussion sure and I expect to be paid well and I feel that to a certain extent when you pay people adequately, mm-hmm. their performance matches what you pay. Right. Now, people will say they believe that, and then they will vote against or or like refuse to endorse mm-hmm. raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Right. And use the argument that or like use the argument that teachers don't need to be paid more because it's like a service. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So They're only educating our youth that's going to right. eventually run our country. Right. Exactly. NBD. No big deal. <laughs> so I'm not against paying a market rate. But when you look, when you go through Charity Navigator and you look at other, especially cancer charities, mm-hmm. it's not unusual for their CEO and presidents to make six figures. Right. But it usually caps out at about 230 to 50. 
Susan G. CEO is making nearly six hundred thousand. That is a huge difference. Jeez. So maybe you don't have an issue. Maybe you know people don't have an issue with that. Fine, but let's talk about where their other money's going. That yep. same year in two thousand twelve, Susan G. pulled funding for screenings through Planned Parenthood in what was largely considered to be a, a politically motivated move, and they only restored funding for these screenings after the massive backlash from Planned Parenthood and abortion rights supporters. Yeah. Planned Parenthood, by the way, and a lot of people don't know this because they think of Planned Parenthood and they just think of abortions, and that's right. all that they do. They hand no. out condoms indiscriminately and they give women abortions. Planned Parenthood provides 542,659 breast exams and pap tests every year. Mm. And that is according to their most recent annual report for 2019 to 2020 fiscal year, Yeah, which you can look up on their website, by the way, and read thoroughly. They are doing more to prevent breast cancer, arguably, yeah. than right. Susan G. Komen. <laughs> That's amazing. It is amazing. That is amazing. It is amazing. And I they're used to doing be a Planned Parenthood patient when I was... You did? Yeah. When I was a kid, and I, I would go yearly for a pap smear at Planned Parenthood, mm -hmm. and because, you know... That kind of stuff wasn't talked about in my household. Yeah. But I went and I took it upon myself to take care of all my girl business. Yeah. But, um, Just because I thought that was the right thing to do. But that's yeah. where I got my services because I was underinsured and, mm -hmm. um, and um, you know, on my own and needing health care. You needed... Women's services. Right. You needed healthcare. You needed screenings. Yeah. And that's predominantly what they provide. Um, and I think that's awesome. And I think their existence, their persistence is, um, well, I'll talk more about them in a little bit. But they also deliver babies, by the way. <laughs> Do they? Like a lot of babies. Absolutely. Yeah. They provide prenatal care. I didn't know that. Yeah. AOC Amazing. is very famously a Planned Parenthood baby. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Lots of Planned Parenthood babies. Interesting. Um, back to Susan G. Komen. You disappoint me. In 2016, members of the Susan G. executive leadership donated nearly $42,000 to the Republican Party, according to Open Secrets, and continue to donate to this day, despite the dismantling of our healthcare system and the limitations to women's rights that the party the Republican Party, has enacted and continues to promote. So organizations in and of themselves are not allowed to contribute to political parties. That is some kind of law. However, individuals within organizations are able to contribute the money they make from that organization to individual political parties or candidates. However, it has to be reported. Oh. And a not-for-profit org called Open Secrets, which is available online, opensecrets.org, is an organization that compiles all that information. So if you're like, huh, I wonder how much money Target has donated to Trump this year. Right. And it's always a year behind because it's based on IRS filings, I Got believe. It. Okay. Um, 
you can go look that up and uh, prepare to be disappointed. Um, oh. Not Target specifically, Kay. although it is a, a little bit disappointing, but uh, Walmart's definitely very disappointing. Um, Coleman executives continue to donate to the Republican Party as recently as 2020. So explain to me an organization that is fighting breast cancer and all the science and research and all the healthcare disparities that exist in marginalized communities, in particular women of color, mm-hmm. and then supporting a party who has a proven track record of making access to healthcare more difficult, more expensive, and is not exactly the poster child for, I don't know, science, I guess? Anyway, yeah, disappoint is, me, essentially. That's very disappointing. Yeah, just to sum up, if 10% of your purchase goes towards Susan G. Komen, then how much of that money is going towards suing other nonprofits who are trying to fight cancer? How much is going straight to their CEO's six-figure salary? And how much is going to support politicians who in turn make it harder for individuals, especially women, especially, especially women of color, to access affordable health care and cancer screenings? You disappoint me, Susan G. It's just that's on you're the largest. For. You're front facing. Right. You are. You have so much exposure. You have so much exposure and you have mm-hmm. so much influence. Mm-hmm. Why do this? Why use it this way? You have to do better. Because that's your responsibility. Because that's your share of the power is disproportional to these other organizations. Which is what leads us to the what can we do about it. Because complaining about Susan G., who arguably does some positive things. You and I met at a Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure event. Yep. I mean, if that's all Susan G. ever did in their entire, you know, organizational career, I think it's worth that was definitely every worth penny mm-hmm. of that six hundred thousand dollars <laughs> annual salary. Oh my god! <laughs> and the world continues to benefit. Um, no. <laughs> what can we do about it? Yeah. So what my answer to this, mm-hmm. yeah, my answer to this is donate to breast cancer organizations with greater transparency and greater specificity in their spending on specifically on breast cancer research. Yes. So let's recognize metastatic breast cancer. Yes. Let's put that to the forefront. Let's put that to the forefront. And one org that does that probably most effectively is Metaviver. That's right. Who, I've only become familiar with, like, I feel like in the last year, thanks to the excellent people that I follow on social media, mm-hmm. not the least of which is Emily Powell, who's at Emily Tiana on Instagram. But through, I mean, there's just so many stage one to stage two breast cancer survivors. I'll just use that word to make things easy. Uh, who are putting metastatic breast cancer in the forefront Mm -hmm. and kind of rejecting the narrative that every woman just gets chemo and a mastectomy and reconstruction and lives and lives with their bold lip and their double D's. Oh my Um, gosh. I have goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Metaviver is good. National breast cancer foundation. Also good. 
Breast Cancer Alliance, Mm -hmm. also good. All three of them have a four-star review on Charity Navigator. So that's a rating. Charity Navigator, again, is a not-for-profit that rates other Mm (laughs) not-for-profits, which is a little meta, but um, very cool because they rate them on, like, their spending, their transparency, um, very effective. All three of them also have an Instagram account that you can follow. Cool. And they're highly educational. And I learn a lot of things, especially through Vetiviver. So, in conclusion, I can't believe we're at the conclusion oh already. My we're God. doing so good. We're oh doing God. so good. We're such professionals. Okay. Here's the conclusion. And you don't have to listen to any of this, but, like, I'm just going to put it out there. Don't buy pink shit. Yeah. Don't buy it. Yeah. Go to the charity's website and donate directly. Directly to the charity. Directly to the charity. Yep. Also, don't just donate in October. No. Donate year-round. One-time right. gifts are great, and if that's mm-hmm. what you can do, that's what you can do. But nonprofits live. They exist right. off of committed monthly giving. Yep. So something like $10 a month mm-hmm. is huge he- yeah. when, it's, when it's consistent and it's mm-hmm. guaranteed and they can depend on it. If you want to so do a one-time gift and make a donation in someone's name, um, I think that that is a really awesome gift and you can say hey you know you contributed your gift and this is in your name and you contributed to this charity and here's what it's about and it's a great teaching experience um and also you know sometimes i that's a gift of giving which is amazing yeah Uh, which brings me to my next point a lot of us who have been through breast cancer treatment or experiencing it now we, I feel like I've given enough money to breast cancer. <laughs> and I know it's not the what? same. Yeah. Um, so many, so many tens of tens of tens of tens of thousands of dollars. Oh my God. So, but Still we can do. Money to breast cancer. I know. What every goddamn month, what you can do is exactly what you just said, Lauren, is ask yeah. your friends and family at every opportunity in lieu of a gift. Please donate in my name to this specific charity. Here's a link to the website. Yeah. In lieu of, I don't know, just just ask. And and see if you can get people to commit to a monthly giving. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we, we all benefit. Everyone benefits. Yes. When we do that. Um, think strategically. What is really going to make the most impact on finding a cure for breast cancer stages that are killing us? Mm-hmm. If you like the, the pink ribbon ass jeggings, buy them. Buy them because you like them and you want to wear them. Don't buy them for the feeling, the artificial feeling that you're doing something good when it turns out you may not be. Right. So just consider donating directly. Also, in thinking strategically, and we're going to go a little broad here, but how are the people you're voting for working to change the disparities we see in mortality rates and access to care among marginalized groups? Fantastic question. I know it's a big question, <laughs> but there are ways to find yeah, out. Look into that. There are some companies that do make great donations, um, but also be very wary of where you're buying and who you're buying from. Yes. To that point, use Charity Navigator to vet 
your charities. You can just go to charitynavigator.org or like Google Charity Navigator. You go to their site, you just punch it in and Charity Navigator gives you will immediately see the star rating and then you can read more about the organization. Cool. If you're just like, is this legit or not? Look them up. Um, also, use open secrets to find out which organizations have executives and board members who are contributing to political parties that have no interest in protecting your access to healthcare. And I know, I know, I know, I know that getting political, <coughs> God bless you. Sorry. Oh, God bless you. Be gone, Satan. Um, I know getting political is such a downer. Like, I know this. But politics is in everything, whether or not you care Right. or notice, or want to recognize it. You're either a passive participant in the political process, or you are an active participant. But you are a participant regardless. The very fact that you have the choice right. of whether or not to, to participate in this process, the mere fact that your day-to-day is not significantly impacted by the changes in political power is the strongest indicator of of your privilege and frankly of my privilege being privileged is not a moral failing people like to use it that way Mm -hmm. it's not it's just a result of a system that exists but being privileged and knowing that you're privileged and doing nothing tangible about it like outside of feeling badly about it um that's where i start to have an issue right that's where it becomes an ethical issue for me so just to be completely transparent in, in my giving um, so that you know that when you give money to us here at Breast Cancer Support. <laughs> <laughs> when you just please give us, please give us your money, anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you, you would can do just it. send an envelope. With yes. Cash, uh, cash is, is best. Okay. Small sure. unmarked bills. You know what? <laughs> just drop them off outside my apartment <laughs> in a duffel bag and yell. Right. Um, I would love more money. I do mm-hmm. love money. And um, my here's where my money goes. Um, I do donate to Planned Parenthood every month. It's just an automatic contribution. I contribute because I believe in what they do. Right. And um, I'll fight you on it. Uh, not you, obviously. Because Don't fight me. <laughs> I do karate. <laughs> I'll, I'll win. <laughs> that is never has something been more true than (laughs) that statement right there in fact i don't even know if i would try i think (laughs) i would approach it like as if i had just met a bear in the woods and curl into a ball and just try to protect my neck um and probably die anyway uh i donate uh to fair fight which is um stacy abrams uh organization that because they actively get out there and get people registered to vote. Nice. And they are actively trying to dismantle the systems in place that create a disparity in who gets to have a vote, who gets to access polling stations, when they get to access them, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I also donate monthly to Act Blue, which mm-hmm. is so Fair Fight is nonpartisan, it's just pro voting. Act right. Blue is partisan. And it is very much in promotion of the Democratic Party. So just to be clear. And then finally, uh, we donate to PBS because I love PBS, PBS is doing just the work of 
the gods, you know? I love PBS. PBS, I just, here's what I love about it. In the same station, you Mm -hmm. get Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Who just makes me cry. Just even the thought of him. Uh Uh-huh. But then you also get, like, Poldark. (laughs) Steamy historical fiction. You know Uh what I mean? Like, come on, PBS. Come through, I believe, is how you say it. Yeah. Anyway, I just love I love what they're doing. Me too. So, Me too. That's where my money's going. Just so you know. I would just love to have just for the amount of money to be able to. <laughs> I donate to school it's lunches. It's not a lot. No, it's not a lot though. Like um, honestly, I think honestly, so Planned Parenthood, I send eighty dollars a month. Um, Fair Fight, ten dollars. Act Blue, one dollar. Okay. PBS five dollars nice okay and the reason like i don't know why just one dollar to act but i'm sorry but like (laughs) even a dollar a month right is something so i don't know get on board like these charities have been part of our like budget or yearly budget for years so they're just in there now full disclosure Mm mm-hmm not proud of this, but we used to contribute uh, every month to Youth for Christ because okay. in a previous life, and I'm talking 15 years ago, mm-hmm. um, we went to church and, you know, because we were raised very religious and mm-hmm. we had a family friend who went to be like a missionary or whatever for right. Youth for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stopped that donation. <laughs> okay. Because I do not believe in what they do. And um, even though it's our friend, and right. we were directly funding them and their four children's ability okay. to buy food and clothes. Wow. So that was a hard decision. Yeah. But I don't believe in what they do. Gotcha. I, and I don't want to support something that I am ideologically, ethically disagree with. Um, opposed to, hmm. actually. Not just, like, casually. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, not good. Hmm. So, um yeah okay yeah okay sometimes it gets a little hairy out there and yeah you just gotta i but mean look if you're like struggling to pay your medical bills mm. yeah you, so, like you don't no one should ever have to like explain themselves and right and what they spend on what i am just saying for transparency's sake that's where my money goes so mm-hmm. if you drop off a duffel bag of cash Right. On my doorstep, just know that some of that's going to go right. to Planned Parenthood. Okay. And I feel like that's probably the one people have the most beef with. Gotcha. I um, I regularly donate to um, Austin Bulldog Rescue. Oh, <laughs> of course you do. Of yeah. course you do. And um, also Austin Pets Alive. Okay. Um, so that... Of course you do. Well, we... You know... Objectively, a better person than I am, I, and I just—I have not. In donated. terms of my giving, <laughs> it's like I could give two shits about animals. See, and you know, I actually am interested in looking into. Um, there's the um, the charities for abused and neglected children, like Casa. I've donated to mm. Casa. My son actually. Um, 
heard about we were watching PBS and he heard about Casa and mm-hmm. he he said Mommy, we have to help these kids. They need oh, help. And I thought so He was very little pathetic. too. He was so little he has when this such happened. High empathy. I know. And how it's do you remarkable. tell how old was he? He was like five. <laughs> he, yeah how do you it, say no to <laughs> yeah he was like mommy yeah. mommy mommy there's kids that don't have a home to live in we have to help them okay okay we'll yeah. do it what do i need to do yeah like he was just you know he yes he's very empathetic and he definitely sees the world as a place where he can give back um and I try and raise my kids that way. So that is what we've donated to before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our conclusion. Know where your money's going. Yes. Do a little research. Once yep. the research is done, the knowledge is yours, mm-hmm. free of charge. Right. Um, you know, a little internet access, a little Googling, and you're done. Just yeah. while you're watching TV. It's casual. It's free. Um, consider sending money monthly. And right. making it automatic. Just sign up. $5, $10, $1, everything counts. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you to Natalie from Maryland. Yes. You beautiful, beautiful person. Love you. Uh, you made me feel very good about myself. So thank you for that because that doesn't happen that often these days. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Bye.